All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to Coming in Hot. Brent Wallace alongside Jason York and Bobby Ryan, who's at a rave. <laughs> it's an incredible screen. <laughs> it's a, I didn't know where else to go. I got to be honest, but uh, I got some privacy to hang with my guys. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? It's very psychedelic, and maybe that's what we need for today's show because it is uh, a lot of upset people in the nation's capital. So, oh, we, hey, yeah. it's so bad, Wally. I'm even on the chat right now. I'm 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 live, and people are like, "Holy shit, he's on the chat!" Oh. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, Jason works in the chat. Uh, we let's do have lots going. to chat about. Uh, I did lots of arts and crafts today, so there will be lots uh, to look at in the show as well. You're, you're um, good at that. It's been, it, I was busy. so, uh, But I don't want to waste any more time because you know what? Uh, he's basically part of the show at all. We, he's just he's an honorary member of the Coming In Hot Show. Uh, Ian Mendez, welcome into the show, my friend. Guys, how's it going? There he is. Good. Welcome, buddy. Yeah. Hello. I love the uh, Bobby's psychedelic uh, background there. <laughs> we, as soon as I sat down, I knew <laughs> I was going to take a beating for this. <laughs> I think we all order that background for our show. <laughs> I don't see why not. It's, uh, it's like the Barbie. Yeah, it's, like the bar- it's like the Barbie zebra. movie. And I know Mendez is, <laughs> and I know Mendez has seen the Barbie movie. Well, he was know, there. That's, I, that's I know you're, it's a given. Yeah. Opening night. <laughs> <laughs> of course. 
Uh, I got, I got my right, pink well, drink here, too. So uh, Nice. There you go. Okay. Well, you know what? You may need something harder when it comes to this show. So, um, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, there was a lot. The Sens released last night about Igor Sokolov and JBD going on waivers, along with uh, Matthew Highmore and a couple other players. Uh, you, will, you saw tweets again today saying they just went on waivers. The issue is, if you don't go on by 2 p.m. that day, you have to go the next day. So, they were just placed on waivers today. So we'll find out tomorrow, as in Wednesday at 2 p.m., whether or not they get claimed or not. Uh, Ian, I'm going to start right with you. Uh, your reaction to, and th- those are the most notable players, obviously, in JBD and Igor Sokolov. Your reaction to them going on waivers, along with Lassie Thompson being uh, lost uh, earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, th- there's no way to, to, to sugarcoat it. If, if you lose Jacob Bernard Docker in addition to Lassie Thompson, that's consecutive first-round picks that you've lost for nothing. So uh, you can spin it however you want. Uh, that's a disappointing use of, of, of resources or, or asset management. Uh, but I will say it is interesting, though, right? If, if you guys draw the line back far enough, you remember the discourse around a Patrick Weirkosh or a uh, Christian Willannon. Like, There's lots of guys that people yep. freaked out about when they got placed on waivers or ended up elsewhere, and they didn't quite – get the traction in their NHL career. Like I'm trying to think when's the last time Ottawa let a guy go, got -hmm. picked up on waivers or what? And he came back to really truly haunt them. And you were like, Oh man, they never should have like, even with Rudolph Balsers, like there was lots of people like, I can't believe we let Rudy Balsers go. And then uh, I don't know. So that that's my only uh, piece of hesitation here. To, to fully outright criticize them is that we do need to wait and see how this uh, how this all plays out, right? Yeah, I think so. Wait, wait and see. Like, and here's the other thing too. Like, now there's a new set of eyes in town and Steve Stale. So from here on in, like, none of these picks, none of these players have anything to do with Steve Stale. So he's now in calling yeah. the shots. And this is usually when you see things like this happen. It's like, nope. The buck stops with Steve Steos now, right? So that's usually when you see stuff like this happening. But who knows? Yeah, I'm with you. And I want to see, like, maybe they're going to start the, the season with a player or two short to, to, to make room and get pinned to win. There's all, there's all kinds of things that could happen now when you do things like this. But it is shocking because you look at the – that's two first-rounders in a row. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't think anyone's going to touch him because of the one-way contract – and he's unproven, and uh, so many teams are in the same predicament right now. So I, I think he slides. Well, that's the issue with most guys, right? Uh, at this time of year, we see all these guys placed on waivers. I think there's 40 today, and we all yeah. go, I can't believe they put this guy on waivers. Like every team has got some guy, they're like, oh, he'll never clear. And what happens? They all clear. Uh, I suspect they will both clear uh, and be in Belleville to start the year. I think JBD will clear, although – there's always one GM, right, Mendez, that goes, I I can fix him. You bring him yeah. here. I, I can get my hands on him. I'll fix him. Well, he's well, he's not broken yet either, guys. Like, that's the thing. Like, this, this, this right shot, young defenseman. Like, it's just, like, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Somebody somebody could take him, right, Bobby? Like, I think so. I mean, the one-way oh. contract would be, is something. He's definitely not broken. I think he's a young player that's still trying to find what he's going to be in the league. Uh, is he going to be a puck moving guy? Is he going to be a shutdown guy? He's got a little bit of everything, but he hasn't looked great at anything at the same time. Um, so I'm hesitant to criticize the move. I understand that the way you look at it is you're losing two first round prospects in a row. Um, I think Lassie's going to go on to have a good 
solid career. I think he's, I, I thought he was ready in some of the games that I watched. I don't necessarily feel that way about JBD and I think he slides. And Wally alluded to this before the show, there's 40 guys on waivers today that are all in the position that they're, they're probably good enough to play in the NHL, but not full time. And every GM that's looking at the roster of guys on the waivers today is thinking the same way as the other GMs. These are guys that are just, they kind of just fall short of being regular time NHLers. And they, you're not going to pick up a guy knowing you need to keep him for your opening night roster unless you have a gut instinct or a feeling about said player. Now, the issue, uh, or one of them is, is this just not a money move as opposed to a performance move to try and start freeing up more money for one Shane Pinto to get signed because that's a, I mean, we all thought they gave JBD an extension in the summer. We all thought he was going to either push Brandstrom or at least be the seventh D on this roster. And now he's being sent basically to the minors or somewhere else. I think it's more money than anything else. Yeah. Mendes? It's, a, it's Yeah. It's a fair point. And you know, the one team I'm curious about is Pittsburgh, uh, not just because of uh, Kyle Dubas's love in, uh, seemingly with all things related to the Senators, but where did Trent Mann just end up, yep. right? And, and and there's a guy that I think obviously thinks highly of of Sokolov and, and JBD. Maybe maybe they they he convinces uh, Kyle Dubas to take a, a flyer on on one of those guys. The problem is, yeah, you clear up a little bit of cash, but I still think when you run the numbers, I still think you're looking at you could maybe only get to about 1.8 on Pinto. I think like that's. Yep. Roughly when you, I think the irony of all of this is we have one guy on this conference call right now who's getting, what are you getting, 1.8 million from Ottawa to not play for them this year? They sure could have used that money. Bobby alone. Where is the elephant in the room, eh? Yeah. Just call him right now. Bobby. (laughs) Hey, I'd like to be in Bobby's place right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough job, but it's somebody's got to do it, boys. Right? It's tough. <laughs> Just when I got uh, a check the other day. Um, good. but I Mendes, that's about a, that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting point, and it's in your article that you had out on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, about if they had kept Bobby uh, and not bought him out or not bought out uh, Michael Delzato and whatnot of where this team might be at money management wise yeah like and i i'm pretty sure like bobby like when when they bought you out it was uh, right after that covid shortened like the it was the the fall of 2020 right correct uh, right before when that when they bought year, you yeah. out yeah, yeah and and i'm just saying like in theory if they had just paid you out for 2 years and just whatever you'd have been off the books at the end of the 21 22 season same correct. with delzato if they had just paid him out they wouldn't be paying him this year and I, I understand hindsight is 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 twenty twenty, but they're paying four guys in obviously Bobby's one of them, but Colin White, uh, Mike Delzato, and Matt Murray to not play for them this year. Like so, when people say Ottawa's up against the cap, I agree they are. They're up against the cap, but they're also playing five million dollars shorthanded because of those uh, th- those four contracts. And at some point, that's the reason why they they don't have Shane Pinto signed, right? Like it's awesome. Like don't get me wrong, it's awesome that they've got. Timmy Stutzla, Jake Sanderson, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Thomas Shabbat, you know, all these guys, Zub, everyone's locked up. Uh, and those are commendable things. But at the same time, there's been a couple of missteps here that have directly led to the conundrum that they're in with Shane Pinto. So the other issue is, are we, as I 
this leads into Shane Pinto. It all does. So uh, training camp is winding down here. We've got uh, two more preseason games. The dreaded Winnipeg travel game is coming up Thursday. They're actually golfing today in Fox Harbor in uh, Nova Scotia, and they're flying oh. to Winnipeg and then coming back home. Oh. Um, yeah, oh. which is why, uh, by the way, there are still some guys on this roster. Yes, they're fighting for spots, but they're also uh, on this roster to take some of those veteran spots that we'll see probably in Winnipeg. And then they're going to play against Montreal. We haven't seen Josh Norris, and I doubt that Josh Norris, I could be wrong, I doubt he suits up for his first preseason game on the road in Winnipeg. Amongst the three of you, and I brought this up before, is there concern about Josh Norris starting the season at number two? And if he doesn't and Shane Pinto doesn't sign, mm. guys, you're missing two of your three top centers early on. Oh, yeah, let's not talk about the starts. Mm. I have no concern. I, I think he'll be ready for opening night. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play the last exhibition game. Um, I don't think he's going to get stuck playing that game in Winnipeg, but he's going to get his feet wet. And I, I have zero concern that he's ready to start the season. It, they're just being, I, my, I just feel like they're being extra, extra cautious with a player that lost an entire year of man games. Mm. Ian, you've been around the rink a lot. What, what yeah. you see Norris day to day? Like what's, what's, what do you think? I, I have watched him guys and I specifically watched him super closely in a, you, you know how they, they, they sometimes run, in one end of the ice, a pretty competitive three-on-three -three yeah. drill. He looked good. Like, he was yeah. initiating contact. He was yeah. taking it. I'm with Bobby. Like, I don't know that he'll play that that Winnipeg game. That's a, that, Like, to me, that's a hellacious travel day. You're <laughs> Like, it's just all of it. It's just – it's not a spot. I'll, I'll admit, I'll be concerned if he doesn't play Saturday against Montreal. I'll put my hand up and say, yeah, that's a problem yeah. to me. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also want to see how he plays against Montreal. Is he taking face-offs? Is he not taking face-offs? Is he initiating contact? Do we see that world-class shot? Like, I'm a huge fan of this guy. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, from the athlete's perspective, I'm super happy he got paid. Because, quite frankly, I'm, I usually end up being more of a kind of a siding on the player's side of these things. Because I, I, th I just think, well, Bobby and Jason, you guys know this. You guys have finite careers. You only have a small window to make your money. I'm always like, go get your money. Go get paid. Uh so I'm happy for him that he's got a little bit of that security, but I just bit. want to see him play in one game, <laughs> and then I'll then I'll go. What are you guys laughing about now? Is that a little a bit of security? Just a, just a touch of security for Josh Norris. What do you go? Seven yeah. times seven? Yeah, just a just a pinch. <laughs> uh, but is all right. Sorry. So, hey, listen. I just to add on to what Ian and Bob were saying. I'm just a pinch concerned because he tweaked it, um, had the surgery, came back. Um, just I, I was hoping he'd just hit the ground running in training camp. No uh, yellow jersey on. And, and so, like, until something, until he miss, until, like, if he's just playing one of the last games, I'd be a little concerned. But that, it's good to hear that, Ian, you know, you're watching him because I haven't been down to the rink to see any of this. And that's when you can really tell you're going hard in battle drills and practice. You're going all in. That, that's a great sign. So that that eases your mind a little bit of, of where he is. But, uh, yeah, no, I agree, though. Great player. Great person. Um, I'm glad he's got a little bit of security. <laughs> as Ian calls it. But, uh, hey, I'll tell you the one guy that's concerned if 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 Josh and Pinto is, is DJ Smith and the coaching staff. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to start the season 
with, with uh, one of your top three centers healthy. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure DJ, hey, Josh, how you feeling? Hey, how's it going? You ready to go? Rubbing the shoulders. <laughs> how's that shoulder feeling? Hey, <laughs> let's go. Walking, ar- walking around with uh, <laughs> flex all in, in his hand, waiting for Josh to walk by. Warm it up, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, uh, all right, so to the Shane Pinto chat, uh, shall we? And that's the ongoing contract negotiations. Uh, for people that want him to sign a one-year deal, this is why Josh, uh, sorry, Shane Pinto is not. He goes right back into arbitration rights next year. He doesn't have any, sorry, he doesn't have any rights again next year if he signs a one-year deal. And I don't know that people understand that. So he's not going to go through this again to go through it again next year. And he's not signing a one-year deal for one million with a something in the drawer promise in case he gets hurt two months into the season. Uh, Ian, what's your thoughts on where this is going or headed? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I see a lot of people saying, well, you know what? And I think it was years ago in, in San Jose, uh, Kevin LeBanc did this with the sharks. He was in a similar spot. They gave him a one year, $1 million deal coming out of entry level. And it was kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Don't worry, we'll take care of you. And I think the next year he signed a four times four, something like that. They just didn't have the room for him. I don't think that that's something that Shane Pinto would entertain at this stage of the game. And I, and I think part of that is um, you're into October and you haven't signed. And I think you probably were given indications back in the spring and into the summer that it would have been taken care of by now. So I, I, I think that there would be a little bit of trust lost between the two sides. I'm not saying it's like irreconcilable differences. I'm just saying... I don't know that they're at the point where you can do one of those nudge, nudge, wink, wink uh, deals. And really, I look at it too. Why should Shane Pinto uh, take less on a one-year deal? I understand. Sanderson, Stutzla, everybody maybe took a little bit less. Those are long-term deals, right? Those are seven, eight-year deals. (laughs) On a one-year deal, um, I don't think you should have to take less because your your team's in a a, a cap – situation in in cap hell um they but they have known right Uh, to me the moment where this became an issue was the day at the end of july when they said signed vlad tarasenko and i'm not saying that they couldn't or shouldn't have signed him i'm just saying i think you should have taken care of your own guy first i think you should have taken care of the guy that likely is going to be part of this core moving forward and and i think that shane pinto can be you guys remember when pittsburgh first came in and they had Sid and Gino down the middle, but Jordan Stahl was like a really good number three guy. I think that's what Shane Pinto can be for this group of senators. And I, maybe he'll price himself out of the market at some point, but I think they needed to take care of him before they took care of some other veteran guys. And I think that's why they're in the jam. If they had taken care of him and then circled back to Tarasenko or tried to do something else, they wouldn't be in this conundrum. Right. Well, Tarasenko's got a lot. Tarasenko's got a long history with the Sens. So why why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't right. you do it? But I hey, listen. All joking aside, I, twenty goals last year. Right-handed shot centerman. Everyone's saying he is a legit two hundred foot center iceman. Like these guys don't grow on trees. So yeah. I I think it will get done. It, it, it's just it's hardball right now, and it's it's a little bit of a game of chicken, but. but it, it just, shouldn't I, get to this point, Yorkie. That's the I, we're not also, talking about I'll, we're not I'll, talking about Trevor Zegris here. Like uh, yeah. Shane well, Pinto it just, isn't it going just to seems... sign for more than two million or sorry, two and a half million dollars. Like he should be getting over two. I don't know that he gets to two at this point. It just seems like there to Ian's point, there wasn't a lot of foresight when you did that with Tarasenko. Like great move to get Corpusalo. Um 
Chikrin trade last year, shore up the blue line. And then I just, this team's problem is not scoring goals. It's, it's depth. It's 200 foot play. And it's guys that, that, that play the right way. And, and I don't know. I just, I, who knows? Tarasenko could come in and score a ton of goals and, and be a great fit, but man, I thought that's why when you got Kubalik in that trade, like that's a pretty good goal scorer right there. And, right. and when you get a guy, you get a guy like that, that's only making 2 million bucks. It's very motivated too, right? Like he's yeah. making 2 million and would love to get to like, he's like, he's proven, but not really. And he's hungry. Like I, I would have loved to have just let's, let's give Kubalik a chance to start the season Let's use that money. Let's sign Pinto. And hey, guess what? We got a little bit more money to to sign somebody else for the third or fourth line. To me, that that would have made more sense. Uh, but 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 here we are with with Pinto okay, so camp, right? I have a question in the chat that I'm interested in asking you guys. It's from Ninja Eye. Uh, given the current cap situation, what do we think the roster plan was if the Sens had signed DeBrinket to a seven by seven? Very Don't good have, question. That's a very good question. He was now. I know Terrence. He was. Terrence was never seven and a half. He was never signing here. Ever. Ever. I understand, ever. but that's not the question, Yorkie. What was Please the roster listen. plan if he had? And um, well, if you, if you send another player in the seven to eight million dollar range, the entire third and fourth line get washed. You have to find oh. a bunch of guys making one five, right? Yep. So well. It, it would look drastically different, and Pinto would have been – he was impossible to sign right now anyway. So I, I have no idea what the roster plan would have been, but I don't think no. – I think it was very evident very quickly that the brain cat wasn't staying, and it just took longer to make something happen than they wished. Well, Ian, Jake Sanderson wouldn't be signed right now. That Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go, that, right? Jake, yeah. That, that, he wouldn't be signed if you kept your brinket. And you wouldn't have one of the top young defensive talents in the league. So I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have Jake Sanderson on my team than, <laughs> than Alex Debrinkit. So uh, it's probably yeah, a good yeah. thing. Yeah. What was interesting on that too is remember when they were kind of playing a little bit of a game of chicken with Debrinkit, and there was talk. They, they, we thought that they might go to arbitration. And remember, he had a was a nine million dollar qualifying offer for this year, yep. and you know Ottawa was trying to talk that down to whatever seven seven five. Yeah. So I think that's how it would have played out. Like it, let let's say DeBrinket didn't get moved, I think he would have come back on a one year deal. And let's say he comes back at seven seven five. Well, you absolutely couldn't have brought Tarasenko back. So there's five million of that seven seven five. You probably would not have had. You know, Hamannick back. You wouldn't have had McEwen. Like, you could maybe figure it out. And Sanderson's still on his entry level this year, so it doesn't really count. But you, like, there wouldn't have been space for him long term. I don't think the way that this is currently constructed. I, I don't mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. uh, agreed, but but we're not allowed to talk about that player anymore in our show. So uh, we're moving on. <laughs> Uh, and before we do, uh, I'd just like to tell you about our uh, our sponsors as we get through the show here. I, we're going up, we're coming up to the D part of the show, which will be exciting. Okay, All right. uh, this show is always proudly presented to you by Botano. Go to botano.ca, download the award-winning app, state of the art, uh, same game parlays, live betting, bet builder. Remember, they have the uh, if your team is up by three goals, you already win. Also coming up this Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. They have live NHL hockey trivia uh, that 
that I will be part of. I'm joining the live hockey trivia. Uh, so go. You don't have to uh, deposit any money. Just go. Sign, just you have to have an account. Just sign up an account and uh, go to botano.ca slash casino. You'll see it. It is the Botano trivia. It is on Saturday, 9 p.m. Uh, test your hockey knowledge. And Mendez, you are not allowed to play because you're too smart. I'm banned. Also, I'm banned. Uh, by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, uh, they have now started uh, into home building uh, in the Ren subdivision, which is just about an hour west of uh, Canada uh, near Renfrew. BonisherHomes.com, all kinds of floor plans, uh, all kinds of prices, and uh, they have 70-foot frontage. Listen, just go check them out. BonisherHomes.com. Uh, and start living the nice quiet life like Bobby in the mountains with a rave. It's <laughs> a very, very accurate description of where I'm at right now. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, JBD's, well, let's say gone for now, at least in the minors, if not with Ottawa. So, uh, or selected by another team. And of course, Lassie Thompson's gone. The only remaining, there's a seventh D left, and it's Max Gannett, uh, who's played one NHL, one NHL game. He's looked very good. Uh, but do we expect him to be there come opening night based on one reason only, dollar signs? He is. So everybody thought Tyler Clevin played pretty well, right? He's $100,000 cheaper than Tyler Clevin on the NHL roster. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mendez? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it this is all predicated on Pinto, right? And, and they yep. might be down to one of those teams that has like $80 in cap space. Right. And uh, it might be, it might literally come down uh, to that. This is going to be interesting to see Wednesday. If JBD gets picked up, because if he doesn't, I, I do wonder if he's, if, if he is technically the number, the number seven guy here and that this wasn't just a, an opportunity to try to, you know, maybe see if he would get picked up or they tried to do something. Uh, but, but this is like, 
what I wonder is how many extra guys are going to carry. Are they going to carry? Are right. they going to carry? I think that they 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 can probably they can't they they got to carry the bear right yeah. and and I, and I think that the the thing is remember a couple of years ago remember when Vegas had a game where they dressed like fifteen skaters yeah because yep. they were up against yeah. the and Leafs last Tampa, year I think yeah last year or two years ago Tampa's had that and I'm okay with that when you're like a legitimate Stanley Cup contender we get it sometimes you get up over the cap but we got to keep in mind the Ottawa Senators are in the midst of a six-year playoff drought and have yet to definitively like stick a flag in the ground saying, we are a playoff team this year. So yeah. you'll excuse me if I'm a little bit more critical of their roster and cap management because they haven't pushed themselves into the upper echelon of the Tampas, of the Vegases, of the Colorados. Those are teams that have earned the right to maybe have some of that. Ottawa, they haven't. And this is what makes the, the JBD versus Clevin versus, uh, you, you know, Gannett. It becomes fascinating because you are down to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But let's not forget, they haven't, they're not a Stanley Cup contender yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the nice, the nice, the nice thing is, like, I'm not too concerned about guys going down and be, being able to recall guys down. Belleville's two and a half hours away. Like, that's the beauty of having a team so close. So you can, take a little bit of risk and, and do things like that and buys you a little bit more time. But Hey, I, I, I like what they're doing, right? Like as, as far as prostrate up against the cap, like they are right now, like when couldn't we say the senators have ever been like this? But Yorkie, I don't believe this is a positive. I do. <laughs> Anytime you're spending to the cap, I think it's a positive. Oh, wait a sec. You can you can go out to the store and spend all kinds of money and bring back a bunch of stuff. But that doesn't yeah. mean you've got more money saved and you can go to the store the next time. You oh, can listen. spend willy-nilly all you want. Now they have an issue of managing assets. And they yeah. can't return the products. <laughs> I like how you put it. Yeah. Well, you, can send the, Costco. you can send the product down to Belleville for a little bit. And that's what's happened with that's Docker right. right here. He's gone down. Not if somebody comes and wants it. Nobody's picking him up. I'm telling you that right now. That may that may be, but that also. So, what are you telling that player? By the way, just off topic, are we saying to like, is that affect JBD's mindset now of being in Ottawa? And I understand they're all professionals, and you're going to say no, no. Your job is just to go to work and get better. But some people yeah. don't take it the same way. I don't think they're too concerned about players' feelings at this point when you haven't made the playoffs as Ian said was six, seven okay. years. It's I think they're well past the point of, of of hurt feelings with guys. And who knows? I'm sure there was some kind of conversation, whatever the plan is, um of, of what they're doing. Like we're in the dark right now. So nobody knows. But yeah. I like I said, he he's I think people are being a little harsh on evaluating Bernard Docker right now. Sure he doesn't have the best of camps, but this guy's just a young defenseman right now and He's on a one way. So I don't think there's going to be a, a lot of teams that are going to pick up that contract right now. So I think he slides. They figure it out. The more pressing thing for me is they got to get this Pinto thing figured out. So that's, that's, that's pressing. I think you're well past the feelings of any players when your jobs are under the gun, the way people make <laughs> right? decisions are. So they, do, they could care less right now. They're trying to feel the best team possible to keep them here for the next 90 days. Okay. <laughs> So put the lineup board back up then. Put the best up. possible team is Ridley Gregg, your third line center. And 
Who fills out your fourth line, gentlemen? I'll each allow you to pick the three oh. players who are going to sit on the fourth line. Okay. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to start with you. I think the, I think the guys on the fourth line right now are the guys that are going to start on the fourth line right now. That is my. I, Jarventi's hard. He's been he's been very very good. Um, but I think they go with Old Faithful and and stick with the, that as their fourth line. I do. I think they I think they absolutely love the energy their fourth line brings oh, them. That sounds like a racehorse name, Old Faithful. <laughs> I think it's a geyser in Montana or Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old Faithful. Here comes no. Old Faithful. Come out the rear. It's Old Faithful. Let's go. It's I, it's Yorkie's think... nickname for being a grandfather. Oh, I like that one. Um, I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple of good ones on Twitter. I think Josh Bailey put himself out of a contract. Myself, I think he's going to get another game here. Um, and I, we've talked off the air about how we don't think he's going to find a way off of the roster, but I, I think he did it. I I think that I think that they're just going to start with what they know as a fourth line that can have a little bit of success. And you maybe you keep if if Pinto is not here, maybe you keep a Jarventi in there to play up and down, but. I, I don't think they change much. I really don't. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree uh, with everything Bobby said. Uh, the interesting thing for me is if we get to a week from tomorrow from Wednesday night and Pinto isn't signed, and let's say for whatever reason Norris isn't good to go, who's your second-line center? I think the answer is Ridley Gregg. It right? is. Yep. Like, and, like, <laughs> and then I yep. think Jarventi slots in in the three-spot. And now you got some real problems, right? Like now, now so again, hopefully okay. that's not the case for them. Hopefully that's not the case. I don't want to see that happen for them. I like in an ideal world, you got Norris and Pinto there. And then, then the third line conversation, you know, the one guy I've really liked is Smakel. I, mm-hmm. I really like this guy and, and, and he can kill penalties. I had a good conversation with him after one of the games, one of the, the, it was either the, the, I think it was the Toronto uh, game at home. And he said, like, you know, what he wants people to know is he's like, you know, I'm a I'm a penalty killer, right? Like, I that's my bread and butter. Like, I kill penalties. I'm a defensive guy. Like, I think he was trying to say, like, don't go just go to hockey DB yeah. and see that I scored 25 goals in 49 games or whatever in the Swedish Elite League and think that I'm a finisher. He's like, I like to play it dirty. And I like to get my nose dirty, and I like to be a bottom six guy. And now, what? We're, now we're exactly doing that. We're just going to hockey TV. Uh, and yeah. But but he, he's saying, don't just look at the twenty five and twenty three goals in these last two Dude. years. Look at the fact that I kill penalties. And he said he killed penalties at the World Championships. He's killed penalties. I think he said the last four years playing uh, overseas. He's he's a guy that I think could absolutely fit the modern bill of a really smart and efficient fourth line player. Like I, that's, I'd like somebody who can score 10 to 15 goals in that, in that area. Maybe 15 might be a bit high, but, but 10, yeah. you know, so, Ooh, g- give me 10 goals okay. out of the fourth so, line, out of each member the, of the fourth line. The Swedish elite league is, is, is a very good league as far as defensive hockey goes. Like that's how the Swedes play, right? It's, yeah. When was he saying this, by the way, Ian? When was he campaigning? So, so, when was this campaign going on? The, the campaign? No, it was me asking him about himself yeah. as a player. Uh, so it was after one of the... the must have been it. the first preseason game. So wh- who did they play? They put the Leafs on an, in an afternoon game? Yeah. It was after that. That afternoon. So whatever, eight days ago, nine days ago. 
my first chance to chat with very, very articulate and engaging uh, and, and bright young man too. Mm-hmm. What's his, uh, put you guys on the spot here. I don't have an in front. What's his, what's his NHL salary right now? You guys know what's he making about nine? Uh, no. Is he eight thirty five? I, yeah, I feel like okay, it's seven. So, it's on a the other board that should be up, but it's not. Yeah, uh, so it's, not, so it's a pretty it's a pretty reasonable rate to keep a guy yeah. in the NHL at. Like if you yeah. think about yes. it, yes. So, but what do you do with the other players? That's the issue. This is I I would have Yuri Schmeichel on my thirteen man roster in a heartbeat. Yeah, under the dollars and cents of the issue right now, what are you doing to make him a roster spot? Well, it sounds like it's. If you, like Bailey's out, if he's in, like Bailey's, well, not, Bailey's not signed, so he doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're not signing Bailey. They're going with with Schmeckle, who's got some offense, but can also, as Ian's pointed out, uh, is comfortable playing in a bottom six role. Because, like, let's let's be honest here. Like, we're we're doing a lot of debating over a line that's probably going to be playing maybe right. eight minutes. <laughs> Like, yes. like yeah. the yes, top yes. the top six for Ottawa is going to get the shit played out of them for the first couple of weeks of the season because yeah. the coaches want to get off to a great start. The team wants to a great get off to a great start. So how do you do that? You you play your best players. There's no margin for error to be trying guys out to see what they can do early on in the season. So yeah, I get it. It's, Agreed. It's fun, it's fun to debate this. In in my opinion, it doesn't really matter who is in those roles. It's 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 how good does how good is Tarasenko going to be? How good is Kubalik going to be? Um, okay, but those aren't my questions. My question is, what is your fourth line? <laughs> well, the one thing I'll say about those guys. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Parker, Just give us the answer. <laughs> so, Parker Kelly is not Steve Stales's guy. He didn't sign him. Neither is Zach McEwen. So I thought they were shoe-ins before. I would say maybe Parker Kelly, if he doesn't play well the last couple games, could be in trouble because he's not Steos' guy. So I maybe you see a guy like Schmeckel come in there. Um, yeah, I, it's up for grabs, man. That's the way it should be. Okay. So you still didn't answer it, but that's okay. Well, I'll take, uh, I'll ta- I'll take, I'll take Schmeckel then. <laughs> I'm just butchering his name. But who are you moving out? Are you moving Parker Kelly? Are you putting him on waivers? Well, I want to not today. Like if if it's Parker Kelly's job to lose, so yeah. I'm putting him in until I see him play the last couple games here. But see, uh, that's and- the argument right now. If you follow social media, is the overwhelming majority of people fans want to see Yuri Schmeckel lining yeah. up on opening night on that yeah. fourth line. Yeah, because the games we've played thus far have been AHL games. They're not real NHL games. And that's the thing. Temper your expectations. You really shouldn't judge until you see the last couple games because you're playing against minor league guys. You're not playing against NHL guys. And the NHL guys that are playing are just trying to get their timing back. They're trying not to get hurt. And it's not real. It's it's not real. And that's what people have to understand. The game last night was pretty good, though. It was, was good, good, but yeah, getting better, but it's still not. It's still the next not. Two are big, big. The, the next two are going to be very telling games. Sure, you're going to see a very telling. See, as you guys know, you start to see the separation now. But yes. would you, the speed, the with the both of up. you, have loved to play in that game last night? There was a lot of it. Just there was a lot of energy around that game. And if I you're like going to play, play a preseason <laughs> game, I'd like to play Fox I, Harbor. 
Well, there. See, you got to play yeah, the game go. to go to Fox Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll miss Fox Harbor. I'm not traveling now. You're not, not going. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I played Fox Harbor. It's it's uh, it's fantastic. I loved it. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll, taking... I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's I'll, asking I'll me to play you. any more games anyway. <laughs> so, well, one, I'm going to come back to Drake Batherson since we don't want to talk about the fourth line. We'll move to the second line. Drake Batherson uh, is having himself a pretty good preseason. For what that's worth, I know you guys don't care about the points, but he does have six points in uh, four games. He leads the league in assists and shots on goal. He's got uh, 11. Actually, I think it's 22. It might be 22. Uh, plus four. Like he's, he's had himself a pretty good preseason. I know the games have been back in Nova Scotia where he's from and wants to play well, but for a guy that struggled last year and admitted how long it took him to cover recover from an injury, this is really good news, Ian. Yeah, it is. And and I think uh, – I don't care about the points, like you said, preseason, whatever. It's the way that he looks. He looks super engaged. He looks like he's he's physically involved. Uh, and I think when, when you look at, at Batherson, potentially he's going to be on a line with Josh Norris and Vladdy Tarasenko. And, and I had a really good conversation with Drake – about a week ago where I asked him about what, what it might be like to play with two legitimate snipers on your line in Tarasenko and Norris. And, and he was super excited about that. And I, and I think the idea is, I think he looks at himself, even though he's not the center on that line, he looks at himself as the playmaker and you've seen it a little bit. Think of the goal he set up Parker Kelly on uh, the other, Mm -hmm. the other day in, um, in that craft hockeyville game, he's got unbelievable puck skills, hands, vision, like, from just a, a puck skill standpoint, you can make an argument he might be Ottawa's most talented guy or, or close to it. Like, he's that good. And mm-hmm. yeah. he just had an atrocious season last year where I think defensively he was exposed. He didn't look as engaged. He, he Nothing clicked for him. And he just looked like a shell of himself. And what's encouraging, if you're an Ottawa fan, is you see him come in to training camp. And I know everyone's making the jokes like, oh, I tell him every game's in – uh, in, in Nova Scotia and he'll be fine. Uh, but he honestly looked like that. He's looked like that throughout camp. Like he looks like he's, he's ready to go. And, and he, I think he's really agitated at the way that um, last season went for him on a personal level. And I, I think he's got something to prove uh, this season coming up. Well, he wasn't healthy last year. Like we, yeah. we talked to, we yeah. talked to him, Wally and Bob, when we had him on the show. Like he admitted, like he, he didn't feel a hundred percent. What was it? Ankle issue he had last year, guys. I'm trying to remember. Right. Yeah. yeah, from Aaron Dell. From Aaron Dell from a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like I don't know about you, Bob, but I did a high ankle sprain and I never got that that jump back. It it took me a good three to four months until I felt normal. Like that's yeah, that's a real tough, tough injury to come back. But now I'm I'm with Ian. I love him as a player. I think there's so much there. Um, and a playmaker who can also shoot it as well. So you have three guys on that line that can rip the puck. And Drake's got that. We've talked about it a lot, that nice little drag wrister that he scored a few times last year like that. That line's got potential to put a lot of pucks in the net. Yeah. He's when you're and going back to the injury, when you're missing that pop as a guy, that's not overly fleet of foot to begin with. He's a guy that gets around the ice by being very smart and getting to the right places. When you're missing that extra little pop and you're, you're really behind the eight ball to a lot of races that, that, 
absolutely hindered him in the rest of his game last year. I think he's had a great summer. I think he worked his ass off. I think, like you said, there's a bit of a chip on his shoulder to kind of right the ship from last year so you don't become a certain type of player that's typecast into a certain thing. Good offensive player, good shot, terrible defensively, whatever. I think Drake took all of that personally. I think he had a great summer. We talked to him. I've talked to him a bit. He's, I think he's come back in on a mission to – to make sure that people understand he is to me, he is their second best offensive player outside of Timmy Stutzla. He is their most important guy offensively in a lot of different areas that can create more than most guys can. He can create a lot of different ways. Um, I think he's in for a big year. No, that's just me personally. And we were talking about a terrible year. He had 62 points last year. <laughs> I mean, he's still at 60 plus. I mean, yeah. plus yeah, my, yeah. I mean, he, he won a couple of golf tournaments in, in a few months, <laughs> but, um, but that's going to go away. That'll come down a little bit. He's not a minus 35 type hockey player. That is for sure. Yeah. No, the Sens just, when you play as much in your own zone as the Sens did last year, bad things happen. <laughs> And yeah. just unfortunately yeah. for Drake, a lot of bad things happened in the defensive zone last year. But I, uh, I'll, I'll echo those statements from Bob. I think he's used that. It's motivated him. It's 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 he's it's evident he's done a lot of good work this summer because he seems to have that little pop back in his step. And uh, yeah, I would. There was some kind of wager on points for Drake. I'm taking the over this year. Me too. It's one hundred. I'm taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon? Uh, Mendez, since you've been at camp, have you seen any type of defensive play that gets you excited for the upcoming season that they might be better in their own end? Or do we just rely on the two goaltenders who have looked pretty solid so far in the preseason? So in talking to DJ Smith and talking to the players, they're absolutely implementing some different coverages and different schemes in their own zone. And again, well, I got, I mean, last night we did see, it was tough. Right? There's a lot of power plays, uh, but we six. did see, we did see their top six uh, play right in, in, yep. in, in a game and they had a shutout. And so there's something to be said for, for that. Um, I think the issue is like, this is the first time this is okay. Look, this is where I'm going to defend DJ Smith. And I know that he gets a ton of criticism and, and he knows and he should get some criticism. Your team hasn't made the playoffs in four years in a row. Of course, we're going to be coming at you. But I really feel like this is the first time legitimately he's going into a season with what I would consider a top four, like a real true. Yeah. I think you can win with that top four because in the past, he always had, and and we could talk about whether or not or why he should have played him, but you know there was a Zaitsev or a Josh Brown or Victor Mete, or like, there was always somebody in there that you're like, nah, I don't know if that guy's like legitimately mm -hmm. an everyday NHL defenseman. And now um, I think your top four is set. So I think if 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 the Shabbat Chikrin pairing works out well, and Shabbat's okay to play his right side, and Sanderson Zub become your shutdown. I think that those two pairings are going to eat up like 46, 47 minutes. In fact, to Yorkie's point, would it shock you if in the first two weeks of the season, three weeks of the season, that number is closer to 50 minutes, 5-0, that they're, each, mm -hmm. they're all four playing 25 minutes a night and Brandstrom Hamannick is down 10, 10, 12 minutes? Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. And that's going to be the real window because now it now we can't say it's a talent issue, right? Like, can we agree? No. Like, right. it's not a talent issue. It's not a personnel. It's not a, a roster issue anymore on the back end. Let's see 
if it if it in, is in fact a, a tactical or a, a scheming error. Yeah, Wally. By the way, you've got blame the cat now trending on our chat. <laughs> I thought we were talking about it anymore. Amazing. It's better than Alex, Bobby. Alex, <laughs> Alex just Alex uh, piped it on the chat. He said, "If Batherson has a monster year, just say last year it was the cat's fault." So <laughs> we, we blame the cat here. Um, <laughs> uh, do we have any concerns, gentlemen? Uh, and guess Yorkie, I get to defer to you, but I'm going to start with Ian uh, mm -hmm. on Thomas Shabbat playing on the right side uh yeah i think like it's it's fair to have questions i mean for the the majority of his his time in the nhl i've only seen him on the left side so uh, th there's issues and 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 probably bo both of yorkie and bobby can talk about this probably more yorkie uh, as a defenseman but it's it's the breakout right and and sometimes and, or keeping the puck in in the opposition in the offensive zone or it's the breakout and and maybe having to deal with your backhand a little bit more but he's a super skilled guy. There was one sequence yesterday where Shabbat came back, made an unbelievable play in his own zone to break up something, and then turned around and 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 raced it back like 160 feet on his own. Great scoring chance. I thought, wow, we haven't seen that version of Thomas Shabbat in a while. And and I, I think it can work for him. He seems to be comfortable. Uh, they do seem to switch a little bit during the shift, mm. and, and, and there might be some fluidity to that. But I... I do expect him to bounce back and I do expect him to have a little bit of pressure on him this year as, as he's, you know, kind of going to be eating 25 minutes a night for a team that's got playoff aspirations. Yeah. I, I think with those two, you're going to see a lot of switching in the offensive zone. Like you're going to see a lot of movement where all of a sudden Shabbat's on this side, Chikrin's on that side. Um, I would personally like to see Chikrin in the offensive zone because you got Shabbat, and a lot of times when you do that quick low to high, I would love to see Shabbat on the forehand right over to Chikrin for a one one time bomb because he's even that wrist shot that he's able to catch and release. But I I think it's going to be very um, organic the way those two play. And hey, I think they'll have the puck more often than not. So the defending, it's a lot easier to defend when you have the puck. But breakouts are going to be cleaner. Good players love playing with good players that's one thing yeah. you ask you ask any forward any defenseman you get a guy that can make plays pass the puck on the tape doesn't jam it up the boards all the time skill guys love that so i i see no reason why this pairing shouldn't thrive especially in the offensive zone like thomas is so mobile across the line i already talked about trick and shot um and also too like the only thing is picking pucks up on your backhand off the boards both those guys are more than capable of doing that. Yeah. That's the only thing I was going to say is that there's going to be some – there's a few things that are going to be small problems. But for Thomas Shabbat, I have zero and I have zero issue with him being on that side. Like I said, like both of you alluded to, they're going to switch a ton. They're both going to be able to cover so much ice with the way that they skate that I don't have a problem with it. They're going to have to make a few more plays on their backhand, and that happens. But yeah. if you're going to give anybody on that defense a chance to make a play on their backhand, for me, it's still going to be chatty. Um, yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with it one bit. I think he's going to thrive yeah. with with a player like Chickering to help him. And the other thing too, Bob, is forward sag so low now in the in the D zone. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's it is easier for the for D to pick the puck off the boards. Like I always. Like, why are the forwards so low? Like, they give so much time and space at the top of the zone. And if you give those guys time and space, you pull it over. Now, all of a sudden, you're on your forehand. Like, a lot of things and open up. Stick then. to the middle so, of the ice, yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I it's, agree. It's, I, 
I'm excited to see those two play together. I, I think it could be a pretty special pairing. Well, I agree. With, with Chick and Shabbat always in the offensive zone, does it matter how they play D? Really? Nope. Right, they're oh. going to be scoring every shift, every other. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the plan on paper, at least. Uh, bef- before we let you go, Mendez. Yes. Uh, I guess the last topic, although I can't probably come up with another one. I'm probably lying. Is um, the Suns will play 13 of 17 at home to start the season. Oof. Uh, is this discussed very much around the room? So good, like, I look. I I think that they know what's going on, and and they have never like in the entire Brady Kachuk uh, kind of Shabbat era of this team. I guess to some extent, like the DJ Smith era of this team, they have tripped out of the gate every time. Like every like every after the first twenty games of the season in the four years under DJ, they've been I think thirtieth overall, thirty second, thirty first, and twenty eighth. Meaning. They have always been one of the five worst teams in the NHL at American Thanksgiving. And, or, I mean, the one difference being that there was the one season that started in January, but still, like, my point is they've tripped out of the gate. They have been gift-wrapped an unbelievable start. I think they Mm -hmm. get two games with Tampa at home where Vasilevsky's not going to play. Those two games in particular are the ones that I'm interested in looking at because that's exactly the type of team you need to chase down and 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 beat and they're going to be vulnerable how badly do you want those games and and don't wait until march and the trade deadline for the the fans to chant we want playoffs to play with that urgency like they the players that were here last year should come into the arena with those voices of the crowd echoing in their heads from last year we want play and we're going to know by the time they go to sweden whether or not this is legitimately a team that we should have playoff aspirations for, or if it's another, here we go again, they tripped out of the gate. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them tripping out of the gate this year. I I, I don't either. I'll be shocked. It's like too much talent. Goaltending is short up. They need Shane Pinto in the lineup. I know Ridley Gregg has played well in the preseason. They need Shane Pinto in the. I think they're. I think they get that figured out here within the next week. I I think that. I think that gets figured out here. I just think with. Like I said this other day, with the new ownership group, Steos, and they're going to figure out a way to get it done. All right. Regardless, whether he's in the lineup or not, the start's going to be. They're not going to have the same kind of start they've had in years past. With all the home games, with all of the excitement, and all the. Hype, I guess, to a degree. Um, Brady Kachuk is not letting that team start slow this year. You could say whatever you want about DJ and the rest of the staff. Brady Kachuk is in charge. Yeah, they're yeah, starting it, well. It, at the end of the day, it, it it does fall down to the players. And I'm with Bob. I I don't see Kachuk. I just don't think he's going to accept it, and he's going he's going to drag this group. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to. Yeah. I think they. You got uh, like as much as I've talked about Tarasenko, the guy's on a one year deal. Yeah. A Russian player on a one on a one year deal is a dangerous thing. <laughs> He's going to be motivated. <laughs> uh, right? Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, Mendez, do you think Mike Fisher is jealous that he didn't get the same kind of attention that Travis Kelsey's getting right now? 
Oh, when he started we, dating we, Carrie Underwood compared well, we to were the, doing the games back then. Carrie would come to the games. Remember the odd time? Yeah, but we're not, not nearly like it is yeah. now. Yeah, but but Taylor Swift's on a completely different level. Not at the time. Do, at the time, was, she was the biggest star yeah. in the world. Yeah, but let's. We were too does. soft. Like fish, fish is an aw shucks type of guy. Like <laughs> doesn't like the spotlight. Kelsey is like singing, dancing. Like this yeah. guy, yeah. kind of different um, personalities. He looks like One's a wet a... mop, doesn't he? <laughs> what do you What do you think a conversation with him is actually like? <laughs> like I, just, I can't stand him. I can't, but he's on my fantasy team, so I love him at the same time. Did you did, did you hear how it's Did you hear how it started? He sent her a friendship bracelet. I heard. Yeah, oh, he shot. Tough. He shot his shot. You know what? To be fair, the joke's on us. We're talking about him on our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that's my uh, point. Is, oh, I wonder man. is he is he getting a piece of the jersey sales up for was it four hundred percent four hundred percent they do and the NFL does get a percentage of their the players do okay get a percentage yeah, yeah he's smarter than yeah. we think they had a better they, well they had a better <laughs> negotiation tactic than we did <laughs> let's yeah. let's yeah. all revisit the two thousand five lockout Mendez shall we yeah let's that's hey, where we went before, bowling one day we, we did hey before we uh, before we I, I I say goodbye here. Can I? Because I know, Lolly, you mentioned you're doing a Botano trivia thing. Yeah. Okay. Can I throw a Sens related uh -oh. trivia question to the three of you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Here we go. Here's my question. It's it's very topical. Okay. 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 There are four players in the history of the Ottawa Senators mm -hmm. that have scored a hundred. They scored a hundred goals for Ottawa, and they scored a hundred goals for another NHL team. Do you know who they are? Hundred Danny with Heatley. Ottawa. Danny Heatley's incorrect. A hundred. Sorry, repeat the question. Hundred goals with hundred with Ottawa and a hundred for another team. Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hosa. Me. Me. Correct. <laughs> How many are we looking love, for here? You know How what? Guys? That's the first time I think I've ever asked a question, and the guy's like me, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is you. Uh, I mean, Ryan on a heater here. Yeah, Eric yeah, Carlson. Ryan, Marion Hosa. Eric Carlson, would he have scored 100 in San Jose? Probably not. Nope. No. no. Um, Marty Havlat? Marty Havlat, nope. I want to say Spez, but I don't think I'm going to in Dallas. Um, I'm going to take Jason Spez. I'm going to say He Spez. must have scored 100. Spez. They gave him $5 million a year or something. Jason yeah. Spezza, nope. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a hint. It was somebody we just talked about. That's what sparked the question for me. Who are we talking about? <laughs> we don't listen to our own show. Somebody who dated uh, Mark a celebrity. Stone. Somebody Mark who Stone. dated oh, a celebrity. Mike Fisher. Oh, Fisher. Mike Fisher. Fisher. Mike Fisher. Oh, he did. That's right. Yeah. Of course. And okay. the other guy. Mika's a bad uh, It's no. no it's going to be. No, not not Sabanajad. Uh, the other guy's going to be really hard for you guys to get, so I'm just going to give it to you. Alex Kovalev. No. Mike you got the Hoffman. first. No. Oh, Hoffman. Alexi no. Ashen. There you go. Alexi Ashen. Oh, oh yeah. How did I not know that? So you want to well, stump we, we some... kind of wiped him from our memory banks. Yeah. You want to stump somebody in trivia? The four guys with 100 goals for Ottawa and 100 goals for another team? Bobby Ryan, Mike Fisher, Marion Hosa, yeah. Alexi Ashen. I'm in good company. I like it. What was the question you asked the other day? S along the same lines. 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs and for the Montreal Canadiens. Was that it? What was it? Who? Me or Bob? Yeah, when we no, when we went out uh, to that event, you had a question. I forget. Remember, because Liam McGuire was there when we went to. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a Leafs question. Right. Okay. We won't turn this into a Leafs trivia podcast. We will watch the numbers Ooh. plummet here. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mendez. Take care. Right. I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Mike, Have a great question. Season. Yeah. There you go. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Ian. Uh, there goes Ian Mendez, as always. Uh, God, I love that guy. Okay, uh, gentlemen. We're back Thursday as long as Bobby can hook up the internet at home. <laughs> We're going to try. Oh, hey. <laughs> We're going to try. Bob, got a question for you in the chat here. What do we got? Oh, Derry McGinnis wants to know the name of your fantasy football team. Um, I have, well, I have one is just Bobby. Um, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I'm, in, I, um, I'm in a, I'm actually in with a lot of the media. I just lost to Terry Markov over the weekend. Um, but I am 50 Watt sacks. It was um, 50, remember JJ Watt, 50 Watt yeah. sacks. It's been that for, oh. when I joined the, that league, they did like um, tragically, because it was around the time Gord Downey was sick and whatnot. They did a, a a theme that was, you know, musically inclined. And I, I gotcha. went 50 Watt sacks. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like and it. I, 50 I lost, mission you know, cap. De- Yep, Downey, but not Aldi. Yeah, there's some good ones. Bill Barilko. Yeah, so I'm not very creative. I got to get better. <laughs> uh, good, and good. so how, how are you doing in your 50-watt sacks? Um, I've won it. Well, I'm I'm three and one. I'm tied for first place. Always. I'm always in the mix, guys. Is, is that the one that uh, you're in one with Colin White, correct? I'm or in one with Colin White. Um, I'm still, that's the other league. That's the uh, Colin White, Chris Tierney, Craig Anderson, uh, uh, Ryan Dezingle, who's going to be on our show. You got to, we got to make sure we bring it up to Ryan Dezingle because he's painful to play in a league with. Most annoying guy I've ever. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not having the greatest of starts. I'm in nine out of 10 on that place. Uh, oh. I, I had, to, I have the number one points against, though. Craig Anderson's in there, and um, Devin Setaguchi, yeah. Tori Mitchell, Jason Demare. So we got a good league. Speaking of, sacks, first speaking of sacks, I had Seattle's D last night, Bob, and I was I was enjoying that. That's a good That'd night be... to have them. Yeah, that's a good night. I oh. I created a high a thousand dollar buy in league, and I'm going to be in last place. <laughs> that's tough. So, uh, bef- so went so Bobby just said on Thursday, Ryan DeZingle is joining us. Also, Frank Cervelli is going to join us uh, quickly off the top as we uh, nice. discuss more about Shane Pinto, and then. Uh, I want you to, if you can, check in with Whitey just to see how he's doing since uh, he's in Pittsburgh on a PTO, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think, I don't know if he's been released. Um, PTO, yeah. Can you just see how he's doing? I'll, I'd love to. I'll see. Yeah, doing. I'll get an update for you. Um, and then okay. we get the single has been locked and loaded for this one, boys. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. I, Bob, I you're getting you. I shared the text with you. And he said, I'm ready to come on the show. The clip is loaded. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, jump on the chat later. You, I've opened up a huge can of worms. We're getting all kinds of fantasy questions now. 
<laughs> I was gonna say there's a zero. The chances of me hopping on that are zero percent, but I'll try Thursday. <laughs> I'm at the, I'm at the Black, I'm at Blackberry Mountain. I'm gonna go enjoy the view and maybe a hike right now. Yes, go do it. All right, talk to you soon. See you, boys. Thanks for watching, everybody. All right, gents. Thank you, guys. See everybody. Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.